All right. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Kevin and Brendan Give Notes. I am Kevin Nibley. I'm Brendan Leach. And yeah, uh, you can follow us on Twitter. We are at give underscore notes. Uh, we're on all the major podcast platforms. And thank you to Dave from Millions for our rock and roll theme song. I think last episode uh, was my choice. We did The Postman. And uh, this week was your choice. And we are going to do uh, Reign of Fire. I can't remember. Was there a connection you had on this one? Yes, of course. (laughs) It was because we were talking about a thoughtful sort of um, speculative vision of the future and The Postman Mm -hmm. to the biggest dumbest take on post-apocalyptic uh, disaster movie. I think I met you like right after college. I actually mm-hmm. want to say one of the first times we sat down to talk about movies, I think you were talking about how much this movie rule. Uh, that that checks out probably with everybody <laughs> I knew from the year 2000 to the year 2004, because I did talk about it nonstop. And, I, and like looking back, I still love it. I still love it. And I still bring it up. There's a couple of movies that are, I think imperfect, but captivating. This is one that I will always stick up for. And I always have an endless affection for. All right. Uh, so without further ado, uh, this is Reign of Fire. A creature has been awakened that has lain dormant for millions of years. A species older than the dinosaurs and more terrifying than anything we could have imagined. How did they go from one to a million in less than a year? Highly evolved. They have great vision in the day. They have even better vision at night. Extremely intelligent. He's playing hide and seek. More like cat and mouse. Unbelievably powerful. Two glands in the mouth secrete separate chemicals. Combine an exhalation, natural napalm. Good luck. Now one will protect them. We have to hang on. Work together. And one will lead them. There's nothing magical about it. They're made of flesh and blood. You take out their heart, you bring down the beast. We found out where they started. We're going to London. This summer. Vertical one up. The plan is set. 1,600 yards. Closing fast. The arsenal has been assembled. Get ready to rock and roll. Three chambers! And they've got one chance to take back their world. Matthew McConaughey, Christian Bale. Rain of Fire. I gotta say something about that trailer. You don't see it on the on the podcast, obviously, but it says London 2084 AD. This movie doesn't take place in 2084. <laughs> yeah, listen, I, I actually, I, it was it's uh, 2020, actually. Yeah. So I thought this was incredible that it was 2020. Um, also, predictive thing I read about this on a uh, little trivia list. The production was shut down because of the um, hoof and mouth disease breakout, <laughs> oh, and they all had Christ. to quarantine while they were making the movies. Okay, so I'll start. This, this was this was my first time actually seeing this movie, which is I feel not great about myself 
that it was you know <laughs> life gets in the way of shitty movies sometimes and for whatever reason i never got around to it well I, i'm jealous of you that it, you get to see it for the first time again uh, i no, i saw this movie in college i think this was a movie i went to see i was out of college or recently like in that hang time between college and real life and i think this is a movie that i saw by myself in like the middle of the day <laughs> that's a cool this is like i mean for punk rock credibility hey i saw rain of fire by myself in the middle of the day that's pretty punk that's pretty cool well it's not so punk because i think i spent the next probably eight months telling everybody they have to see this movie <laughs> and i i part of me wants to apologize to those people one by one like call them up like i'm in a 12-step program and like <laughs> let, let me know how my, how my actions have affected you okay so let's let's just jump into it morning quick how's it going mate what's up guys working late shift are you <laughs> someone's got to clean up after you guys there's this little <laughs> kid uh who's visiting his mom at work. Right. She's either like a geologist or a coal miner. It's sort of like, <laughs> yeah. This doesn't make a lot of sense. Like somehow he's on this job site where their union people are complaining about safety being an issue. And there's this little hole in a wall and they're like, send the kid. <laughs> Why don't you go on site and have a wee look? He like goes in some cavern all of a sudden I think it's like a fucking dragon like spits weird shit in his eyes and like his eyes are all red. He like runs out. Mom, I saw something in there. Him and his mom are on some lift out of the shaft or whatever and this dragon starts breathing fire and killing everything and then it goes into like the title sequence. Knowledge is the only weapon we've got left. In the beginning it was ignorance that destroyed us. I saw the first, but soon the world saw millions. They do a lot of uh, backstory in this little moment. Like the big cities, London and Paris and New York burning down. Like that seems also like a separate movie's worth. I don't know if they had the budget, but they they spent all the budget on Matthew McConaughey's steroids. (laughs) Too late, our scientists discovered their true identity, a species which had burned the dinosaurs to dust and slept, waiting for the earth to replenish itself, waiting to start their cycle anew. So yeah, so all we get, we get the little like, newsreel version of of the 20 years between 2002 and 2020 yeah and that's when we end up in like the english countryside in a castle we land with like christian bale he we 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 kind of get the idea pretty quickly he is the the guy in charge of of the society in this little castle but anyway uh, so the first real note i have is gerard butler does a really good job uh in a really ham-fisted way of introducing himself hey quentin I'm your best friend. He literally just goes, hey, I'm your best friend. (laughs) It's almost like Shakespearean. He just announces himself, (laughs) you know? So I thought that was funny. This movie has a lot of high concept business (laughs) and that we cannot waste time building that character's backstory. I'll never join you, the white knight says. You killed my father. I am your father. There's a point where Gerard Butler and Christian Bale are reenacting The Empire Strikes Back. I thought that was pretty clever and very funny. Yeah, and they were doing it like The White Knight and The Black Knight. And like, it was more like a fairy tale abstracted version. And the kids were like super cute and super into it. Like, it is a sweet little detail in the strengths column for me. Blah, blah, blah. So yeah, there's, there's like this weird little subplot, I think just basically to introduce us to our first dragon where one of the members of this little 
commune wants to go get some tomatoes. Christian Bale's like, no, but he, he goes anyway with a group of couple guys who are going to go get some tomatoes. I'm not exactly, something about them getting the tomatoes brings the dragons. So this is another case where the movie gets too far into the weeds for its own good. They have a whole conversation about like gardening, like strategy. <laughs> Half the stuff's not ripe. You pick it now, it won't germinate. That means no seeds. That means nothing to plant next season. There won't be a next season. We'll be starved to death. <laughs> yeah, it was overly complicated to explain what we all know, which is if you leave this castle, you're going to get eaten by a dragon. Basically. Um, so yeah, they pick a few tomatoes if they're in, in jolly old England. <laughs> uh, you know, you see them eat some, but then all of a sudden a dragon comes so blah 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 there's like a whole thing they lose a guy or two you see christian bale and you know i think uh gerard butler and maybe someone else they show up they're wearing these almost like knight like armor Mm anti-flammatory suits and you're like that's fucking cool and a couple of them get like hit with flames they're fine because they're in a suit you never yeah. see those fucking suits again. <laughs> We're going to have about 30 more scenes where we fight dragons without the aid of those suits we saw in the first. I, I didn't understand that at all. Also, why didn't the tomato pickers wear the suits in the first place? Yeah. I, the suits look cool. Don't get me wrong. But that that I mean, scene where they, where, they come, where they show up, like fucking backdraft or something, like they come out <laughs> of it, and then the armored tanks. This is where I like this movie. We're like, what, 20, 30 minutes into this movie so far, and it's... It's feeling like propulsive and tight. So yeah, I was impressed watching this at this point. So Blow, they have a little tragedy. We go back, he's like having some whiskey, but he's got like a Time magazine. I think it literally just has a shot of like a dragon like blowing up some world landmark with a flame and it just says, is this the end? What about the commitment of the Time staff to be like, (laughs) okay, dragons are burning the world down. We're going to get this issue out and then we are going to head to safety. Like, And and how did he get it? Did he he go to the newsstand? Yeah, let me walk down and get this highly flammable uh, material. (laughs) Marauders. Years since we've seen them. Ah, Look on the bright side. But then, you know, one day we see some tanks roll up. It's Matthew McConaughey on steroids. (laughs) Only one thing worse than a dragon. Americans. (laughs) So whatever, they have, you know, Christian Bale comes out, they size each other up. McConaughey is like, hey, we're these like American dragon hunters or whatever, and we just need to stay in your castle tonight. Name's Van Zandt, Kentucky Irregulars. You're a long way from home, Van Zandt, you lost? We need shelter place to refit artillery will be out of your hair by 1800 hours tomorrow how the fuck did they get the tanks and the helicopter across the pond i guess there was like an aircraft carrier i don't think a helicopter can fly two or three thousand miles it's gonna take you to get from new york to london and i, I sure as hell know a tank can't drive across the ocean so but it's like at this point in this in this particular movie i think even even the producers were like if that's what's gonna <laughs> you know like bring down this house of cards there's other you're things. right you're I, like i'm you know here i am wondering about military logistics <laughs> in a movie where dragons have taken over the world so you're but, right but at the same time i will say i'm with you because when he threw that kid an apple i was like oh shit we were scrounging for tomatoes a minute ago and this guy's got like a produce section in his tank so <laughs> you ever seen one of these how many men i have got out the first one i killed so now you're a dragon killer and they're like breathing it's like intense 
Yeah. I feel like the direction was like, okay, everybody, here's the script. Here's what we're doing. Uh, Mr. McConaughey, do whatever the fuck you want in whatever way that you want. <laughs> He's like Marlon Brando at the end of Apocalypse Now for like the whole, the whole thing. And get ready to rock and roll. We got a dragon to kill. So McConaughey and his uh, American military unit go out after this dragon. And I'm not entirely sure of any of what I saw in this scene. <laughs> but from the best that I can piece it together, we're going to send these like riders out on mm-hmm. horseback yes. with these kind of GPS little yes. poles. And we're going to triangulate. Naturally. Uh, uh, some kind of position. And once this triangulation has been established, then three tactical skydivers yeah. will jump out of the helicopter armed with guns that shoot yeah. this netting at the dragon's wings. And that will bring the dragon down, yes. killing it. This is the movie that I wanted to see. Helicopters, fighting dragons, with skydivers and like <laughs> you know that if this was expanded for 30 minutes in either direction i would i think we'd all be very happy with this movie instead it's just limited to this one sequence they lose a few men they, i think they might lose all three skydivers it's just like it's not a good op christian bale then becomes kind of like the bait who is this when was this Cadella? He's gone. Are you ready to ride? Because you got about 30 seconds until the bitch is on top of you. You bring her to me. McConaughey like shoots an arrow, kills the dragon. So it's weird. It goes to this like party montage after dragon's killed. And uh, they play Jimi Hendrix, Let Me Stand Next to Your Fire. Yeah. Is that the name of the song? It might just be fire, yeah. It might just be, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> The best part about this is he gives a speech saying like, we shouldn't be happy. You know, it's like we lost three or four men or whatever we lost and we only killed one dragon. One dragon down, three men dead. Oh yeah. At that rate, we might just be getting somewhere in about 320 years. But you go ahead and have your little soiree. (laughs) Personally, you disgust me. This to me is the movie completely yeah. falls apart after a yes. scene. Okay. Even I, as somebody who saw this movie alone in the afternoon, <laughs> can't stick up for this movie after this point. Like they have this like long plot about like they're all females, and then if you there's one male, and if you kill the male, that's yeah. like it's such horseshit. We've had over two hundred of them, and as far as we can tell, they're all females. How about you, Quinn? You ever seen a male? I don't know. When I'm running for my life, I don't stop to look at the plumbing. We have. <laughs> we figure they're like fish. The females spawn the eggs. One male passes over and fertilizes thousands. Th- then they just explain it all. They're just basically like, oh yeah, we're not here by accident. We're here because actually there's only one male dragon in the world. If we kill this one dragon, then we win the war. 
is essentially what's implied. And to me, I'm like, what the fuck? And like, literally like 10 seconds ago, you're like, there are thousands of them and we right. took out one <laughs> and they took out three of our men and like, we're gonna lose this war. Three men dead, oh yeah. At that rate, we might just be getting somewhere in about 320 years. Scrap all that shit. There's one we need to kill. Oh, and by the way, was he the one who killed your mother in, in the in the thing, in the first scene? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that was the dragon. Okay, cool. So there's like this one yeah. dragon. And this we is going to be particularly meaningful for you. So let's go. My mother was working on a railway tunnel. Project engineer. She died there, okay? You've seen it, haven't you? I think what they should have done is just edited in a line in the beginning, if they, somebody just like voiced over like, that's the last dragon, and then they just stopped the movie <laughs> halfway through, I think that would yeah. have been my my major note. Whatever, like McConaughey leaves, goes fight the dragon. This scene, I do not understand this scene. They're going uh, to London. They get to like a fork in a road where like the road has been destroyed and it's impassable. Oh yeah. Somehow McConaughey seems surprised, like like somehow he had a <laughs> like he had a Google map and he's like, oh well, shit, like this isn't this this is what, these aren't the directions you you know like, you know and like somehow he thinks like the dragons have like created this like master chess gambit or some shit <laughs> with him where like they drew him into London but now the road's destroyed. It's playing with us. It's not playing with us. It's setting us up. I don't get this. <laughs> That the the dragon was like oh yeah okay like Matthew McConaughey's in Christian Bale's compound and is coming to London because we tapped their phones. And what <laughs> we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna like make them think they can come down this highway. Then we're gonna blow the highway and then we're gonna get into the kill zone. We're gonna like burn them. Yeah, I mean, I feel like fire breathing dragons that have taken over the planet are pretty terrifying. I don't know if I need them to be like intelligent on top of it. Like we don't need them to be cunning. Yeah. Like learn to open the door level of like clever girl <laughs> like so the dragons were able to like trap McConaughey and kill everyone and then they come back to the castle and they burn Gerard Butler somehow McConaughey ends up back at the castle and just like looks at Christian Bale and just goes you're right <laughs> And my note here is about what? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Ever since that party where you all were playing Jimi Hendrix, I have no idea what the fuck <laughs> I'm watching. But so anyway, so we're kind of heading towards the end of this. Um, instead of being like a full-on military assault with the whole crew, it becomes more of like a commando operation where it's just Christian Bale, uh, McConaughey, and uh, Natalia from GoldenEye. You, me, and Alex, down the coast in the chopper. Stay tight to the cliffs. The Thames will take us right into the heart of London. I know where he lives. <laughs> Magic hour. You're going home. They like have their binoculars. They're looking and he's like, look at them. They're eating their own. They're hungry, but they're playing games with us. Like they know we're coming. They can, see, you know. And so I'm like, okay, well, wait, like, okay, so they're starving, but they're playing like they're just complete dicks. I, I don't know. Like none of that makes sense. So um, they're going to, I think, the exact archaeological dig where the yes. mob was killed. Um, but it cuts to a dragon 
POV point of view, oh, yeah. like like we did in a movie, The Predator. And then like we are we are in the last ten to fifteen minutes of this movie, and we are just introducing the quote unquote dragon vision. Like, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck? Also, not for nothing, it looks like like you're playing Doom. <laughs> You know, McConaughey says some shit like, you know, I've tipped these crossbows with C4, and we're going to shoot the crossbow into just the dragon. It's going to blow up the dragon. He only exposes his chest before he breathes fire. Now, these are magnesium-tipped C4 arrows, and they only fly about 50 feet, so when you fire, you got to be standing in the furnace. And he's also just carrying a fucking fire axe. That's not, like, I, I'm not an actor, but that always seems to me where it's like an actor goes into the prop room and is like that. I need that. And he's a yeah. big enough star that they're like, write it in. He's got, you know, like. He obviously could have done whatever. He, I think McConaughey was off the leash in this one. You scared? No. It's your idea to come to London. Yeah, I thought I'd be at 3,500 feet. Yeah, I thought I'd have over 200 men with right now. Life's got a funny way of turning that different though, don't it? <laughs> My only note here on the end, other than like, this is now we are just like, we, we've taken the end of Jaws and we've put dragons instead of the shark. And that's like what we're watching. <laughs> um, my big note here is like for a movie that has surprisingly good special effects, they're hit and miss, but on the whole, they're surprisingly pretty good. There are two scenes with Matthew McConaughey that are the worst fucking green screens I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. Yeah. And they're like the climactic moments. He's like giving his life like he's the fucking christ figure to like <laughs> jump with his broad axe into the um mouth of the dragon it looks so shitty dragon just like swallows him completely futile gesture a meaningless yes. ending he went down in a place of glory uh so so then we get a little bit of business with like christian bale drops the arrow and he finds it and yeah i mean it's really not even worth talking about. he blows up the dragon right Okay, great. That dragon's dead. Uh, you know, and then it just it kind of fades uh, into the near future. It looks like they're raising some kind of radio tower, and mm -hmm. then like someone shows up and they're like, "Oh, these people want to talk to us. They're French," and that's like a joke. Like, Ugh, you know, fuck the French. We <laughs> got signal. Well, what's the problem? They're speaking French. <laughs> and you know, yeah. The last note I have is, uh, "What a strange film." <laughs> That's so, the last I'd like to be like Scott Bakula in Quantum Leap and jump into the body of the people who made this movie and for <laughs> just for a chance to get it right. Because I do feel like this movie is very close to being a fun, culty movie. So yeah, so bigger picture, that's that's your take. That's my take. I and I also would like to see a prequel where it's just dragons and dinosaurs, totally wordless claymation if possible. Uh, <laughs> I'd still like to see the movie where the dragons burn down functioning earth. Cause I think that would be compelling. Yeah. Like big picture on this one, that last act where they decide 
out of nowhere. It's like, it's like, it's like this insurmountable threat. And then all of a sudden they have one conversation and they're like, Oh no, actually it's just one guy we got killed. And then problem solved. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have done it that way. Um, that to me just felt like a cop out. I think they just went too far with it where they almost painted themselves in a corner in the sense that in the beginning they're like, these things multiplied to thousands and we had no chance. We're like, if they just didn't go there. Right. There's one dragon. Or like, we just don't know. Maybe, but right. like, you know, like they're just some dragons are killing us. Like the, you know, so we ran into this castle. Like, you know, Game of Thrones got through that whole series of what, like three dragons that we ever saw, you know, I think something like that. So. Yeah. That's what I feel like there was two people who wrote their shit out of this story with too much detail. And then that's the first half. And then the second half of this movie is somebody like unwriting that to like, just simplify it down to the, to the end. So that, I mean, I think we all can agree. This is as it stands, you know, a swing and a miss, but I was, I think I still feel affection for this movie. And I think I still stick up for the first half of it. You know, there are a lot of great ideas in the premise, but it's just, you know, like a lot of the movies we do, uh, the premise just wasn't actualized. It wasn't. And I just wanted to add, there's like, for a movie that, I mean, it was released right after 9-11. I'm sure it was written way before and in production kind of, kind of during though, but like everyone's living through some sort of trauma and there's a lot of ways to sort of make sense of that trauma. And some of it is, you know, hard, actual, like, mental work and some of it is watching a movie that sort of like it could have had a place in a post 9-11 immediate post 9-11 world yeah. it also has this movie done better could have a residence for us all now living in a you know quarantine lockdown like living through the pandemic where you can't go outside like you're just a f- literally like hunkered down there's this is a movie that i feel like could have relied on a lot of built-in subtext with um, the psychological state of living through global trauma. So I wish someone would take another crack at, at, at and it's to have like a fun, high concept, like, you know, framework for that, I think could be really amazing. All right, so I, I think uh, Rain of Fire was your pick. So this will be my pick. Um, and I'm not even going to really do a connection. Um, what I'm going to do is we're going to take a little bit of a break from the past. Oh. And uh, I'm one of the few people who still get Netflix uh, mailed to them. Um, <laughs> so Tenet just showed up in my mailbox. Whoa. I've, I've heard it's incomprehensible. Honestly, I hope it is that complicated because I've got a, a ball of red yarn and I'm <laughs> itching to string it across my walls. All right, cool.